Hello, and welcome to the Event Safety Podcast. I'm Danielle Hernandez, and today I am joined by my good friend, Steve Edelman. Hi, Steve. Welcome back. It's nice to see you. Hey, Danielle. Hello, podcast listeners. Great to be back. So uh, thank you for being a special guest today. Um, Okay, pod listeners, I'm sure that you have all seen all these news stories of of things falling and people getting hurt, and and, um, I think we could talk in at great detail as to how much of that is because thousands of things are going on and how much of that is because of bad technology and, and crew problems and people problems and bad policies. And that is not at all what we're talking about today. <laughs> One of the things that happened recently is that I saw a picture going around on social media that I found much more or equally, perhaps would be a better way to say this, as as alarming as any of those, and it seemed much more innocuous in how it was being presented. And it's possible that you guys saw this picture too, and I think we're going to put an edited version of it in the show notes, because in no way are we trying to call out these particular people in this particular situation. And I know this is a lot of disclaimers before I ever get to what the the topic is, but- Danielle, I'm so proud. The caveats (laughs) are just flowing right now. It's very like lawyerly a, of you. It's a friends of lawyers. <laughs> um, all right. So this was a picture of a monitor engineer working backstage at an outdoor concert. And next to him was what is described as a stage manager. And I don't know these people or their particular roles. Uh, holding a bag for an IV at up so that uh, it was working properly because those things need to be at a certain height to maintain the pressure. And I'm not a medical person, but you guys get it. The caption that went with this, and this was shared in multiple people, multiple places, was celebrating this person who was attached to an IV running a monitor desk at an outdoor concert. He had experienced a bee sting and he is allergic. Now, my son is also allergic, so I'm very familiar with this particular thing. Um, People who are allergic and require epinephrine uh, or an EpiPen, uh, the next part of that protocol is typically go to the hospital because allergic reactions that are that severe can have many complications. They did have medical people on site, but the celebration that was in the bullets of this guy powered through heat. The band didn't even know. They didn't even know anything was wrong. This man is working with an IV in his arm after his throat started closing. As I said, I personally found this very, very concerning because, uh, you know, friends of the Event Safety Alliance, what is our main, main motto? Oh, let me, let pick me. Yes, he says, please, Steve, what is it? Life, safety, Last after the, no, first, first. life safety first. first. So, you know, I called Steve, I was like, I really want to talk about this, uh, not to call it this particular situation, but to use this situation as a highlight of how we sometimes still miss that life safety first, you know, and, and there, I think there were plenty of places in this situation in particular, but this happens all the time and it happens at all different levels. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it in the dancer who breaks their foot and then keeps dancing, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not this particular situation, but if you're suffering a life-threatening experience and you keep working, that's, that's, I view that as a big problem. Um, 
I was interested, Steve, so I was interested to see as this was going around social media that a bunch of people in the industry were actually pushing back. They were like, actually, that's not okay. You shouldn't be in that situation. So, so podcast listeners, before we get to the pushing back, let's explain pushing back on what? So we have a beautiful bit of social media interplay going on here. Uh, Danielle, can I read the, the posts that you and I both saw that caused us to think, oh my God, we got to record something. Do you mind if yeah. I read it? Go okay. ahead. So podcast listeners, here's a dramatic reading from social media from whatever it was, you know, a week or so ago. Uh, here goes, I will change a few words to either protect the innocent or your gentle ears from profanity, but you'll be able to tell where the bad words are. Here goes, tour heroes. That's the caption of the photo of the guy holding the IV bag as the other person is doing his work after being stung by bees at an outdoor show. Tour heroes. Today, we pay tribute to our engineer Yesterday, during the performance, he was stung by a wasp directly inside his left ear. That's a painful problem for any sound engineer to deal with, but he's also allergic to these little critters. As he continued to run monitors for the show, his throat started closing up. Parenthetically, at that point, let's just pause for a moment, what would you do as your throat is closing up? Do A, something to protect your health. B, nothing to protect your health because, well, let's just continue the story. Yes, what happens next? Our intrepid stage manager was able to rustle up a team of medics to give him a shot to suppress the allergic reaction. And then they attached a drip to keep him going. Here he is, so they're showing the photo of the guy holding the IV bag. Um, here he is adjusting levels while the stage manager holds the drip up. In total, this incident resulted in zero downtime. Ooh, good. Um, he kept going and only complained in his native language. Um, the band wasn't even aware anything that had happened until after the show. That's some serious professional stuff right there. Um, the show must go on, exclamation point. That's the last line and then a couple of hashtags. The show must go oh. on is the last line. And Danielle ah. and I, right, Danielle and I both see this and simultaneously start losing our minds <laughs> because we are on the leadership team of a group whose motto is a direct response to that, that sort of show stuff. show must not go on. There's no Not musting. if someone's going to die. Right, there's no musting in that show must go on. You lose right, a button, I mean, yet you get your butt on stage. I mean, Something think more. about what we're doing here, people. It's entertainment. You know, we're in the fun business. It's a lot less fun if we lose someone because their throat closes on right. the job site. Yeah. So, so again, there was, the, so here's just an example of some of the pushback from people responding to this. And, and this is just one, and I'm not going to name names or anything, uh, I saw this in multiple places. 
Yeah, screw this. Him stepping away is not going to crash a plane or cause anyone harm. This is entertainment, not life and death for the fans. Tell everyone to take a pause and go grab a beer. <laughs> so so there was a bunch of that. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting is that he was very supported in keeping working. So as a supervisor myself, I would have to say in that situation, you know, this is different than giving someone Tylenol because their head hurts. I'm sending them to the hospital, not for multiple reasons. First of all, because I don't want someone's throat closing. I want them that to That seems live. bad. Right. You know, low bar, but there it is. Uh, you know, if I take it to the next level after that, I feel like there should or would be ramifications. If, if he, this person, let's say they were working for me either ended up in the hospital with serious complications or died, I have to imagine that there would be ramifications on me because uh, here I am being super selfish, on me. Well, first of all, I'd never sleep again, guys. But after that, the there's a liability there that I was not acting with a standard duty of care. Hey, Steve, want to remind everyone? <laughs> I'd love to. It's been a while. It's been almost, I don't know, an hour since I said the legal duty of care is to behave reasonably under the circumstances, which is why I reminded you we're in the entertainment business. Fun is our job. So, you know, the scales of justice, it's literally scales weighing things. So in this case, weigh fun on one side versus someone suffering a serious medical incident on the other. I, I do think like the, fun, but eh. fun is good. Not being seriously ill is more important Much at a particular moment. So in this case, you know, let, let's break it down. Again, it's good that this particular monitor engineer was supported by people around him and they did get medics over there and that's good. And, they came up with a solution that he didn't apparently suffer any serious medical incident, at least not one day later, and that's good. So for this particular story, you know, it ended fine. So so one uh, conversation that I'd, I'd love to hear your take on is several people would say things like, well, it was his choice to keep working. I, like he wanted to keep working. He cared. So podcast listeners, you, you may have heard He's a making slapping faces. sound. <laughs> well, not only am I making faces, but I literally just slapped my own forehead because uh, how to say this without like screaming into the microphone. It is not someone's free will to imperil their life for a job. That's something that we learn to do because we come to believe that our job is either so important or so much in jeopardy all the time that if we don't do exactly what we are hired to do all the time without any kind of, of change at all, that we will lose said job. Um, I'm an American lawyer, so I will tell you that for more than 100 years, there have been 
things like labor laws in the United States, wage and hours laws, child labor laws, pushing back on this very self-same notion that people choose to work under horrific, oppressive working conditions because they, you know, they just are exercising free will. Yeah, but the deck is kind of stacked against the individual worker under those circumstances. That's why there is collective bargaining. That's why there is, you know, something like the Occupational Safety and Health Administration in the United States. That's why there are not only federal safety laws, but also in some states, state safety laws, because individuals may weigh their own health and safety like this guy did, you know, thinking the show was more important than his own health. And that he could but, power through it. And he could power through it. But collectively, there will be people who choose not to make that calculation and they won't be able to choose safety first if everyone simply is forced to make their own choice because then the market determines that making your own choice means putting the job before safety. That was the very dangerous, unpleasant work world that the United States started to move away from in the first decade of the 20th century, more than a hundred years ago. So, you know, respectfully to people who, you know, are big believers in the right to work, um, that's a pretty bitter pill to swallow when, as we all do, podcast listeners, we're all in the same industry, we work in a dangerous work environment filled with hazards and perils, you know, large and small. It's a tough choice to make to say the show must go on regardless of what happens to me. Mm, no, I don't well, think most of us signed up for that. Yeah. And, and in this, you know, is like in any of us, in any of our roles, is there someone else that could fill in or could there be something eliminated from the show? So the show could go on. This wasn't a performer. We're not performers, mostly, most of us. You know, could the show actually have gone on without this person? I mean, I don't know. And, and, and but, but, past, you know, I don't think, I just keep coming back to that culture change that we're, we're, working towards and how the the automatic assumption of we're going to get through this and we're going to make it work we're going to stick it together with with bubble gum and paper clips and gaff tape can solve everything and but this is a different situation than a mic stand that doesn't stay up on its own this is this is a life safety issue yeah and and let's contextualize this even more um, so I, I'm now going to, Danielle, tie this back to the conversation we were having just before we went on about the current spate of show stop decisions that seem to be made by artists in increasing numbers these days. And to me, that suggests that even from the stage or backstage into the artist's ear, the notion that the show must go on is less prevalent, less of an ironclad rule than, you know, at right. any time in the recent past. Yeah. So that's acceptable, that, 
at that level that you could stop a show for a few minutes. Right. We're, and- we're probably going to have a podcast about show stops, guys, but uh, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're just talking about the fact that there's acceptance right now that, you know, hey, hold on a minute, we've got to solve something. Right. And that was really my point. You know, showstop is its whole is a whole it's separate a whole issue. <laughs> but but the point is, if it is okay for a front of house reason to stop the show for some duration of time to deal with some issue, whether real or perceived, then it should be no less acceptable to pause a show for a back of house real or perceived safety need. You know, back of house people count also. And Absolutely. You know, that seems to be a point worth making, that the folks who are wearing all black count as much as the folks wearing shiny stuff with the lights on them in or the front. Or all black in the front. Or, or all black in the front, <laughs> he says, as he's wearing all black today. So l- let's go back, Danielle, to another point that you raised, which I think is worth considering, which is you know, this individual choice notion, is it really individual choice if the decision happens to go sideways? So again, in this particular set of facts, to our knowledge, everything ultimately turned out fine, which is why this is a good story to tell, because, you know, happy enough ending. We're really focused on the lessons learned. So let's imagine, you know, do the lawyer thing, let's change the hypo. So the hypothetical now changes. In, in the new hypothetical, same set of facts, but the outcome turns out poorly. Who is going to get blamed? It's going to be someone, and that someone is going to include more than the tour heroes, you know, the monitor engineer who exercises his own choice and the guy holding the IV bag next to him so that he can. It's going to be more than those two guys who our litigants, think about who else would be on that list, podcast listeners. It might well be you or your employer, and then you wind up being a deponent, a fact witness for your employer or the company that hired you as an independent contractor because you either had a hand in making the decision saying, oh, sure, the show must go on. Give them an IB bag and keep them going. Um, Either if you had a hand in making that decision, yeah, you will be a fact witness. Or even if you had no hand in the decision whatsoever, but you were there and you saw or reasonably could have seen what was going on, you will also have some responsibility Because if you have actual knowledge or reasonably could have had knowledge, if you simply had opened your eyes and seen what there was to see, yeah, welcome to the lawsuit. Oh, yeah. And I think there's more players than that, right? Because there'd be whoever's the owner, promoter, whatever, whatever. There may be implications for the venue. Uh, There's probably some sort of medical support people that might be on the hook but i bet your insurance friends they may pay that claim but what's going to happen when you come to them for insurance next time well you know we've had that conversation you know when i was a regular part of this podcast um you know we brought on insurance friends and we asked them that question and it was 
one of many factors that your insurer, podcast listeners, that your insurer considers. You know, a single isolated incident that seems to be sort of a thunderbolt from the blue, uh, that seems not to affect- Maybe that's an outlier. Yeah, if it truly is an outlier, doesn't indicate some systemic problem, probably won't infect, affect your insurability um, or your premiums a whole lot. But if it does, if this incident, you know, the one that we have posed to you as a hypothetical, if it indicates a systemic problem, which in this case, Danielle and I are suggesting it does, namely that you have a culture that puts the show must go on above life safety first, your insurer may well consider that the sort of systemic problem that they are not interested in insuring, at least not at the current favorable premiums that you pay. And, you know, that's another you know, consequence of what some people would say is, you know, an individual choice. Well, individual choices have collective consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I see several failure points. There's the, whoever was the supervisor of this person saying that they could definitely keep working and the medical support team probably had him sign something that said, we told you to go to the hospital, but you're not. Um, uh, but the culture of the show that gave the thought permission that that was how we did things. Uh, it's problematic. And again, this is just an example. I'm pretty sure we have all seen this. People working conventions, people working tours, people working festivals, people working theater. Um, I've, you know, this is a thousand times better than it used to be, but still some room to grow, I think. Yeah. And it's interesting the captions that people use. You know, this one was quite literally tour heroes. That was the first, those were the first two words mm-hmm. of the long social media string that Danielle and I saw. It reminded me of something that I was reading this morning. You know, I'm a sports as well as entertainment nerd. And so I was reading something about recently retired Cleveland Browns center, J.C. Treader. J.C. Treader apparently had to have one of his knees drained every game before the Browns played because his knee would swell up. Well, I had that happen once, you know, a few months ago. It was a truly nasty and disgusting thing. And they just drain all this. I'm making very yucky faces. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll keep this short. (laughs) (laughs) But they drain a lot of fluid out of your knee because your knee can develop a lot of stuff that has to be drained out. He got paid a lot of money to be the center for the Cleveland Browns. And so he made a choice to play because he did ha- did not have a guaranteed contract. So if he was physically unable to play, he knew the consequence of that would be the Browns would cut him and he would lose a lot of money. Even as a center, he got paid a lot of money because he was very good. So he made a calculation to have a lot of disgusting fluid drained from his knee every week. And he was barely functional other than, than game day because there was so much money involved. Respectfully, 
podcast listeners. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're saying we're, we don't play at the same level? <laughs> I, I'm saying we don't play at the same level. So, you know, and, and I almost, one of the things that happens, it happens in multiple parts of, of live event culture. You know, it happens on the road. It happens in venues is that you spend so much time with the same people that you, you form some really strong bonds, uh, you know, and I'm sure that plays into it. You know, not wanting to let down. They're not your family, but there's some similarities there in terms of that cohesive uh, grouping. Sure, uh, especially for people who are on tour. You know, yeah, they kind of are a family. They they live together all the time. Um, so you know, I'm sure that that plays into it. Um, but I still think, I still think it's it's very very problematic. <laughs> I was I was very you know the reason we're not talking about this until it's almost a month later is because I was pretty bothered by it and I didn't I wasn't able to coherently put anything out about it because I was just so alarmed and frustrated and frankly worried about this guy I was like I hope it's okay <laughs> and then what happened is Danielle called me and then I called him I was like we're gonna talk about this <laughs> and I started screaming into the phone holy cow what about life safety first <laughs> haven't we been doing this for 11 stinking years already where's the culture change well and yeah as I said the culture changes everywhere we, there's really been a huge difference uh by many people in many places uh, but I would not say that we're done no, and that, that of course is really the reason that we're talking about this mm -hmm. is because we're not done. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, even if we have had some real positive strides in the United States and Canada in particular, um, you know, we have a lot of smart friends in the United Kingdom and in places in Europe, but it's a big world. And there are a lot of people who don't know about about the options that they could exercise. Sure. And so we feel the need to continue talking about these things because we want to keep spreading the gospel. Yep. You know, you don't have to put your life. Yeah, <laughs> preach it is what we're doing. <laughs> you know, you don't have to lay your life on the line for entertainment. You know, we love entertainment. It's what we all do for a living. You know, we genuinely love it or wouldn't do it because God knows it's not for the money. Go back to that conversation about what sports people make. <laughs> right. You know, God bless them. But yeah, the, the so, choice, the choice is difficult yeah. and has consequences far beyond any one show or any one person exercising their own free will. And that's really what we want you to be thinking about. Yeah, you know exactly. And th there's a couple like salient points. So if you're a supervisor in any capacity and somebody that you're responsible for is seriously hurt and indicates they're able to and want to keep working, I encourage you to evaluate that in your head. And you get to make the determination whether or not they keep working, not them. And go ahead. go ahead. And I have an image for you after you finish, Danielle. Oh, no. We're going to talk well, about knees again. Uh, well, we uh, are because it's, <laughs> I'll just say it. It's the Monty Python image where, you know, his, his legs are cut out. I'm not dead yet. No, no, it's oh, not. Well, not, the, not, not, not 
It's just a flesh wound. Just, you know, he's been amputated. Flesh. Oh, just a flesh wound. <laughs> he touched so his the arms. The fact <laughs> that some of us are lunatics does not mean that everyone has to conform right. to that level of, you know, what in a positive light would be unselfishness right. and in a not so positive light is goddamn insanity. Right. So other things, you know, if, if you are not a supervisor, you know, make sure you're aware of what your rights are. Um, also, spread, spread the word, spread culture change. You know, this might be a great time to become a member of the Event Safety Alliance. <laughs> Eventsafetyalliance.org. That's the website where you can do that. Uh, shameless plug. Um, but seriously, there are resources there that would help you if you ever needed to say, hey, I have this situation. Can anybody give me any advice or, or something like that? Um, I think there are some, if you're in a different position where you have contract responsibility and insurance responsibilities and things like that, there's opportunity there as well to, to help address some of these changes, I think. Yeah, I, you know, I, I play this role fairly often, you know, being an attorney, people assume that I'm going to be, you know, the guy who rolls out of bed in the morning saying no, um, you know, because professionally that's what we're trained to do. That doesn't happen to be my way, but, you know, feel free, podcast listeners, feel free to use your lawyer, your insurance person, you know, some authority. Yeah, your, your coworkers, some authority whose, whose word is not necessarily unimpeachable, but at least authoritative enough so that you have cover to say, mm, we're not going to do that show must go on at yeah. the cost well, of I, safety. I don't think that's safe. It's, you know, it's, I don't think that's safe. I think we need to address this and this and this, you know, that sort of thing. And those things are very easy for me to say in my office right now. I realize that they are much harder to say in in real time, but every little, every little drip just puts another, does a little bit more erosion on that rock of the show must go on. <laughs> See, Danielle, if we really wanted to ratchet up the stakes for you, we'd put like trip hazards on the floor of your office and a sword of Damocles over your head right Again, now. Again, I trip on chalk lines. I really don't need stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we've covered just about all the, I feel better now. Yeah, I mean, my concern, <laughs> you know, it's not like we're saying anything that we haven't said before. No. It is baked into the very reason the Event Safety Alliance exists. You know, it's it's literally on the first pins that we passed out at the 2014 Event Safety Summit. Life safety first. first. It is our foundational idea. So, you know, all these years later, we're still talking about it and there's still a need to talk about it, not just by Danielle and I and, you know, smart friends in the Event Safety Alliance inner circle, but all of you podcast listeners, you know, yes. you're all part of the, you know, the itinerant- Groundswell. <laughs> right, the groundswell, the, the itinerant preacher group, you know, riding circuit from community to community. You know, when you see something or perceive of something that 
that is inconsistent with the idea that we all want to live to fight another day. If you see something inconsistent with that, it doesn't mean you have to become a whistleblower and you know publicly yeah, no, risk no, no. your own job, but you do and, want to say something. Right. Being obstructive is frequently counterproductive. Um, sometimes just bringing it to someone's attention is is they may actually be grateful to know. They may not have realized what was going on because sometimes we know stuff that's going on that others don't because of how we see it. Yeah. And, and you know, I will add a word of courage. We're in a fairly full employment economy right now. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not like anybody should be cavalier about casting their job aside, but we know that people have been cavalier about casting their jobs aside. I can't do it, but, you know, some people have. Should that make you just, you know, blow off steam and scream at people? No, but it should give you just that extra bit of comfort if you feel the need or the desire to speak up. Bear in mind, there are a lot of jobs out there. And I, I want to give special kudos to all the people that I saw on social media who said, we're glad he's okay, but that's not right. And he shouldn't have done that. And they shouldn't have let him do that. And um, this is not the lesson. So we want to teach the people just entering the industry. Um, so thanks to every single one of you who spoke up when you saw this particular situation, which again, is, is not, is, is just a case study. It is, it is not. Um, the point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we can simultaneously applaud that guy and, you know, exclaim, that's messed up. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that kind of is the attitude we'd like you to have because <laughs> it's the attitude that we have and we don't want to be ostracized for having that attitude. Exactly. That, that's what it comes down to. You know, don't think this is so altruistic. It's for us, you know, it's, Danielle absolutely. and I, you know, and our friends, we don't want to have to work with an IV bag actively going into our arm. That's not what we signed That's up for. That's not the best plan. No. All right. So if you want to send us an email, email address is podcast at eventsafetyalliance.org. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, please follow ESA on social media. And hey, if, if you've been listening for a while, uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the pod. So. Say nice things, though. Yes, it, yes. Send if you have bad things to say, just email that to me. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Steve, it was great seeing you again. I hope you will special guest with us sometime again soon. Oh, countdown, Danielle. Thank you All very right. much. Appreciate being on again. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs>